Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. This week, I have another fantastic, fantastic guest for you. I got to sit down and speak with Garfield of London, who, besides having an incredibly interesting background in psychology, he's a musician as well at one point has some incredibly profound things to say about his artwork and the way that he incorporates mental health and he talks about his personal experiences with mental health um, and that of his family and it's a really wonderful interview and it's something that's really close to my heart so I absolutely love talking to Garford of London. He also talks about the exhibition Can't Stop My Flow about black expression which he exhibited in recently. The exhibition is still online so you can go and look at it virtually and we will explain how to do that at the end of the show. So without further ado, here is the very talented, the very interesting Garfield of London. I am here with artist Garfield of London. Welcome. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Now, I mentioned you're an artist, but I always think it's nice when artists describe their work for the listeners themselves. So can you describe what you do as an artist? Sure. So I'm a conceptual artist and the artworks that I create um, kind of are there to lead the viewer towards, I describe it as mental well-being, but it's just a healthy mental state. Within all my work, there is uh, a symbol that I call the symbol of Ga. Uh, the symbol started off as a minimalistic self-portrait and the viewer is guided to focus on the symbol and listen to their breath for 10 breath cycles. And then to consider what it is they're seeing, how it relates to their own experience and how it makes them feel. For example, I've got an artwork which is called uh, The Planting of Seeds, which has 20 words within it, each on an individual wooden block. Mm -hmm. And those individual wooden blocks are embedded into uh, a canvas created of Norwegian evergreen moss. The, the viewers are encouraged to view the words and then see how it relates to their experience see how it makes them feel and just for them to consider. Mm. And more often than not, because the words are things like freedom, smile, enjoy, wonder. And these are jump off points, which often take people towards pleasurable thoughts more often than not. So that's how the concept works with uh, my work, with the artworks I create. Yeah. Yeah, I like they like that you're very flexible as an artist as well. You you allow the viewer to make up their own minds and feel what they feel about it as well, which is nice. Using universal themes that we can all relate to, like as you said, freedom, smile, all those things which we experience. Yes. Inclusive. I try to make it as universal as possible in some sense because I want as many people as possible to be able to interact with it. Absolutely. And just to get a little bit of history on you, because I know that you have a missing background. You have a background in okay. psychology. So how did you become an artist? Did you have any training and how did you end up where you are now? Sure. So it was in the 80s that I studied fashion at the London Institute, uh, which is an annex of St. Martin's College of Art. And I created fashion accessories 
that I was able to sell to different sh boutique shops in and around London, like Covent Garden, Soho, uh, shops that some are no longer there, but shops like Red or Dead. And it was from there that Jean-Paul Gaultier uh, came in and I was able through that to get boutiques in Paris, Pan, Tokyo. But also during that time, I was a music photographer uh, working with a magazine called Blues and Soul. And also I created a band, like a funk rock band. See, here's the thing. All of those different aspects, all of those different things were ways in which I could express my artistic creativity. I know you have a background in mental health as well. It's a very important subject mm -hmm. for you personally. It informs yes. a lot of the work you create. It's a subject that's close to my heart as well. So can we talk a little bit about this incredibly important topic and your background with it? For sure. It was early 90s. I was living all of this hedonistic lifestyle of going to fashion shows, parties, doing music, living that whole rock star lifestyle. When my life markedly changed, when a family member of mine, my sister, was taken to a psychiatric wing of a hospital and sectioned under something called the Mental Health Act 1983 because of her mental health issues. Now, I was thrown into a world where I didn't understand a thing and I needed to kind of get to grips with what was going on very quickly because I was emotionally invested, right? One of the things that I came to understand quite quickly was that the system in place then and still now to a degree is very much about dealing with the symptoms, managing the symptoms, but not looking at all of the core problems. Talking with uh, 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 the psychiatrists who were there, I managed to get them to reveal to me that it was a, a question of resources. It was a question of budgets. But so they were aware of what could be utilized to, to make those individuals live a better life but were unable to do it because of resources and so that's where my journey started in trying to understand the workings of the mind our patterns of behavior brain chemistry why we do what we do but also about transformation and how you can influence the thinking of an individual to more successful or more positive thinking. So if you like, I started to research and understand different talking therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, psychodynamic counseling, Ericksonian hypnotherapy, but person-centered psychodynamic counseling and became a practitioner in these things. And I was still creating work during this time. And the work that I was creating was so heavily influenced by all of these things that I was learning and so had a strong effect. And even though it's not what I'm doing now, it had a strong, if you like, springboard to where I am now and why I'm doing what I do now with the art of God. This is something that we've discussed together uh, briefly on the phone. Yes. I, I agree with you that I think we attack the symptoms, not the cause. Um, we've got a long way to go. I think it's great that yeah. we are building more of an awareness about it. And your artwork is, is a part of that. So that's really exciting. I just want to thank you, I suppose, on behalf of all the people that um, will be influenced in a really positive way sure. by what you do. This is what I want to achieve because I feel there is a need, you know? There's a huge need. We need the tools in our toolbox to be able to sort of cope with everything that we're, you know, everything that life throws at us, which leads me nicely on to talking about your project, The Art of Gar, and the ideas behind yes. it. I know this is uh, heavily influenced by, you know, your mental health awareness and your want to communicate that. Sure, sure, sure. So The Art of Gar is like a culmination of my experience and learnings uh, with art and self-transformation. With what I've developed, I've developed works that 
can be used as mindfulness focusing tools. So the viewer can interact with a piece and by doing so manage how they feel to some degree. The main principle is positive anchoring and positive triggering of happiness and memories of pleasure. Mm. Um, the way in which it works is that the viewer is guided to anchor their feelings of pleasure and happiness to the sight of the symbol so that at any time they were able to see the symbol in the future, mm. they could relive those same feelings, those same emotions. How that came about was with my sister, who I was dealing with and talking with and trying to take her through, she would say to me, yeah, when you're with me, I remember everything and it works really well and I, and I get it, but it's in the evenings when I'm at home alone yeah. that I had my most challenging moments. And so as she said that, I had to learn, I had to adapt. And one of the things that I was able to take out of my toolbox was the technique of anchoring and triggering. So when I'd be talking through with her and she would say something that was positive thing or a happy thing, I would get her to focus on the symbol and listen to your breath. And then she'd carry on and say something else and I'd get her to focus on the symbol and listen to her breath. And what I was doing with that was getting her to anchor her feelings of positiveness and pleasure so that in the evenings when she did have it and it was quite challenging, she could look at the symbol, relive those feelings, create a sense of balance, a sense of calm, and it helped her. It was a tool, as you were saying earlier, just something that gave her some autonomy over how she was feeling and it empowered her. Yeah. And once I realized I was able to do that, I was then able to uh, take it to different areas and create different types of structures using the symbol. And the art of Gar mm. is that. It's ever-changing, but with that symbol front and centre, that is what the art of Gar is about. I think that that is so interesting and it's something that seems quite obvious and it seems like an obvious thing to be able to retrain your brain because I think when we're in a negative space it's very easy to ignore everything positive that we've built up in our lives all the positive memories and so when you're making it impossible to ignore the positives by saying you know this is your positive trigger as opposed to all the negative triggers that we get weighed down with exactly exactly really kind of helping to find the balance and we have to actively try harder to acknowledge the positives I think when we're in that space so it's sometimes super difficult to hold on to those positive things because negative feelings sometimes can so be such a weight that you can't see anything you can't feel anything but if you had something that you can reach out to to latch on to that can help if you like keep you afloat yeah I absolutely love that now there is currently an exhibition called can't stop Mm -hmm. our flow that I believe was supposed to be a physical exhibition it's about black expression it wasn't able to be a physical exhibition because of COVID-19 but it is a virtual exhibition so can you tell me about it because it's it's very exciting and, and I have to say the work is really impressive thank you very much for that so Can't Stop Our Flow, which runs from the 17th of September to the 7th of November. It's a virtual exhibition and it's featuring 11 black artists from Africa, the Caribbean and the UK. And it's showing the expression of black artists, the differing expressions of black artists. And as you said, the the quality and the standard of the work, but also the fact that we're all there in this one space and it's virtual. So any and every person can get to access it and people can become aware 
of the art that is created by people who are black and the diverse mix of styles. And I think this is one of the, the beauties of this show. Before COVID, I'd never done any virtual. I mean, like there's so many things that people haven't done prior to COVID. But one of the things that I really love about being in a virtual show is the fact that so many more people have been able to gain access and been made aware to see it. I have friends in Brazil, in Spain, Jamaica, who've been able to interact with the show and give me really positive feedback about the show. And I love that because they may never have seen my works because I'm in Europe, and but the virtual space has allowed them to do that. So I actually love that this platform is there, but also the awareness for people to see what's being created. And as you say, from your experience, you've loved it. So... Yeah, yeah, I did love it. And just to describe for the listeners what we mean by a virtual exhibition. So you're on your yes. phone or you're on your desktop and mm-hmm. you we'll show we will tell listeners where to go at the end as well so that they can see this exhibition because it's really okay. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend seeing it. There's a guided tour of the exhibition for a start by the curator, and then you can yourself sort of navigate around this very realistic, incredibly realistic virtual tour where the artwork is super cool, isn't it? It's so cool, and it looks as if you're actually standing front of the artwork you can see it you know from every different angle the perspectives are spot on you can see the side of the artwork you can walk through the rooms it's really impressive and I guess a testament to sort of making things work in 2020. (laughs) Who knew we could do this you know? I know exactly so what about your specific piece in this exhibition I'll let you describe it for the listeners. My piece in the exhibition is called Passion and Desire Life and Breath and it features the symbol But it also has a face which is repeated numerous amounts of times in the work. And when you go to see it, you'll understand. And the subject for the face is one of the greatest footballers who's ever played in the UK, a guy called Thierry Henry. And I'm not an Arsenal supporter, but he's a great footballer. Even I know who you're talking about, and I'm not a football fan. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But the thing that I liked is it shows his differing expressions, pained expressions of his passion and his desire to achieve his greatness. And I suppose what I'm talking of in in, uh, the piece is that sometimes to achieve our goals, we will experience some pain, Mm. but it's worth it. Sometimes it can be a struggle to to live your best life and, you know, have the, the way that you want, but it's going to be, you know, met with obstacles, challenging you, testing you but you can get through it. And so that's what and how I want that work to be uh, perceived. That's what I'm talking of. That's the uh, guide that I'm giving within the work. And as someone experiences it, they will have their own experience that they'll put on it. But as you're asking me, that's what it's about. That's what it says. That's what its intention is. To remind of the fact that sometimes things can be really tough and really hard and to achieve and live your best life, sometimes you have to go through that, but it's worth it. And you will get through and you can overcome. Really hopeful message. And, and I also think that to, to be sort of successful and to live your quote unquote best life, I think you do have to yeah. experience the full spectrum of human emotion. Aesthetically, I wanted to kind of sort of describe your piece for the listeners because it's, it's, it's a big piece for start, right? It's, it's, yeah, yes. yeah. A metre and a half by a metre and a half in, in real. Yeah. With a kind of vivid sky uh, vista background. And then these numerous as I say, repeated faces, the things that inspire me in the work that I create are works which are otherworldly, which are outside of the everyday, fantastical visions. Mm -hmm. So I've loved all of the surrealists like Yadalis, like Escher, like Magri. And in some of my work, I pay homage to those greats. 
am. And so this one is very uh, Maghrib inspired. And so that comes across. So as you see it, you will see possibly those references. And then within all of what's going on with the faces, with the sky, just gently, almost like in the ether of the sky, there is the symbol of Gar, quite dominant and quite large. And you, if you have to look to see it, but once you're able to see it, you cannot not see it, mm-hmm. you know? I should have described early on this, the symbol that you're referring to, the symbol of God. It's a, it's a, a simplistic self-portrait. Yes. So with the glasses, okay. with the hair, with the... Yeah. The reason why I did that, as I say, when, as I was saying earlier, with my sister, she was saying, when you're not there in the evening. Oh, so I, I yeah. used to do this doodle. So it was yeah. a question of, well, I am here. I'm still here. This yeah. simple thing seems to have an, an impact. And I was invested in it. And so that's why I've taken it on. And I feel that I will always include that somewhere within my work from now until. It has a, a connection for me for, with my family, with my sister, but also with the intention. Mm-hmm. And it's me. So I am the art and the art is me. So I love that you're sharing it now as you know, it's a very, as you said, it's a very personal thing uh, about your relationship. Yes. With your sister, and I love that it's now um, accessible to everyone. I think that is why this exhibition is amazing. We, we, we talked about the fact that you, everyone can see it, but but really, I think that the main message is sort of democratising art in a way, which is something that I think is so important. And the fact that it's virtual, it obviously wasn't intended to be, but I think that it sure. goes hand in hand with the message you're, you're trying to convey and the wider message of the exhibition, right? Like about expression and, and talking about Exactly. That. And also, I think the other thing was uh, the, the original title of the show was Here and Now, mm. but due and because of George Floyd... Black Lives Matter, Suki, the, the curator, decided to, to, to change the title to Can't Stop Our Flow, mm-hmm. which became, when I heard that, a much more uh, militant, but also a message statement. Even though with the situations of COVID, situations with what happened with George Floyd, but you cannot stop our flow. Okay, so let's use that as our banner. That's our statement. And I love that. And I got behind that wholeheartedly. In the name of the show itself, the renaming of the show, I find it so impactful but at the same time, so empowering. And I love that people have responded to it so positively and get it and really get it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we're hoping, fingers crossed, that it is going to be a physical display as well. Is that, is that the hope for the exhibition? That was definitely up. Talking to the curator, Suki, her intention is definitely to put it into a bricks and mortar gallery. The difficulty is that we're all beholden to, to COVID and what happens and how that transpires and whether things open up and whether things will be the same again. But definitely, definitely because of the response that we've had, um, she wants to do it in a bricks and mortar. And I can't wait for that to happen. But as I say, we're at the mercy of COVID and the things that uh, transpire due and because of. So watch this space. Yeah. And again, we will share all of the information so that I'm sure when it does, fingers crossed, go into a physical gallery. Cool, cool that you guys will be able to find it listening. Um, I suppose this is probably an obvious question, but what do you hope the listeners and the viewers of your work will take from hearing you speak and, and experiencing your artwork? So, or is it completely up to them, I suppose? You, you here's the thing. Start. People who hear what I'm saying now will get what they get, and I hope they understand some detail of what it is that motivates and inspires me. Hmm. People, but people who go to see my work or who go to this virtual exhibition to see my work, what I would love for them to experience is a a sense of calm, a sense of 
balance. And while viewing the work, just for them to consider what it is that they are really passionate about, what it is they really need mm. in their life, and then in some way to try to pursue it. Mm. That's what I would want that from people who viewed this work in this show, Passion and Desire, Life and Breath. I like it. I like that message. (laughs) All right, let's talk about some of your recent work then, because I know obviously the pandemic has been a disaster for many. It's offered opportunities to others, but how has it affected your practice and and what are you doing at the moment? So here's the thing. The one thing that the the pandemic has given me is time. Mm. I mean, like when we were in lockdown, we had nothing but time. Mm. And in the beginning, I was like, what am I going to do? But then it just opened up in my mind and I had moment of clarity Mm. because of things that I wanted to do with my work and the way I wanted it to interact with the viewer. I've now developed and have learned skills. I'm creating a series of work that are able to have a literal conversation with the viewer. So a viewer can talk to the work, the work talks back and the symbols within the work. So it's almost creating a therapeutic dynamic in the ideal. But to do that, I've had to learn electronics. I've had to learn programming and how to program the electronics. And this time during COVID has given me the time to acquire those skills so I can now code in about three different languages only because I needed to do this electronic. Towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, I will have those actual physical works ready to show. Even if there's nowhere to show it, I'm going to show it somewhere. That can actually have an interactive dialogue. I'm getting closer to where I want to get in how my work can interact. Because sometimes you go into an art gallery, you look at work on a wall, if it's a wall hanging piece or a sculptural piece, and you have your interaction with it. You have the story going on in your mind. And other than what you see and from what you perceive, but because of my talking therapy background, what I want to try and achieve is a dialogue where the work is not just an aesthetic, but something that you interact with, and then it actually feeds back to you. Mm -hmm. And there's something that's actually going on there. There's a frisson, there's a, a dynamic, And of course, because my ultimate aim is towards positive mental health, the guiding is leading you towards that point. And with the electronics and to make it speak to the viewer, my practice is moving more and more towards the goal of being able to influence people directly. It would have been a long time before I had the time to, you know, sit down and have to learn all these codings. But Mm -hmm. I love the fact that through such a terrible time, I've gained something quite great that can help people in the future. Absolutely. And you mentioned electronics. Is that the main medium you're using now? Because your piece in Can't Stop Our Flow, like painting? That one's acrylics. But I I use so many different materials and mediums, like I'll use mirror, wood, acrylics. I've even created a fragrance. I'll use music. I'll use text in my work. (laughs) I I also created a a repetitive movement, which is an actual meditation. Always within everything I create, there is the symbol. And the reason why I've use such a varied palette let's say is because I'm trying to interact and stimulate the viewer so that from what they see from what they experience it embeds in the unconscious it embeds with memories of pleasure so that when they see that symbol sometime in the future they can relive that so with things like music with things like fragrance it stimulates a memory so vividly much more sometimes than something you see. But again, this is through research that I've come to understand this. I didn't want to have to create a, a fragrance. I, about two years ago, I spent six months with a perfumer learning how to develop my nose 
and then how to blend a fragrance. And But the reason why I needed to do it was because I understood from my research how strong sense of smell is to anchoring a memory. Yeah. So I wanted to create a fragrance that so people can attach it every time they smell that fragrance, again, to relive that positive feeling. So, yeah, I've used all and many different uh, mediums. Just briefly, text and words are very influential jump-off points to guide somebody. So if someone's seeing a word like, for instance, freedom, wonder, a myriad of images are created for that individual. In some of the works, I've got a text-heavy work, which is called Freedom Manifest or the Emerald Tablet. And it's got all different, maybe about 200 different words all over it. But I've done these in different languages. So I've got it in Farsi, which is Persian. I've got it in German. I've got it in Swedish. And when people in those countries have seen it, because it's in their mother tongue, their native tongue, it connects deeper. And so they felt like they will understand the word freedom because it's an international and English is international. But when it's in the language of their country, it resonates deeper. Mm. It can go further back into have, their past. It doesn't have to get through the language barrier. It's just straight to the heart, really, isn't it? I oh, think. most definitely. And that's my, my challenge and my, my journey is to try as much as possible to get to that point. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's why I use a varied palette of different materials and different mediums to create. I think, again, that, that speaks to the idea of your artwork is, is for everyone and you're so flexible about how people enjoy it and experience it. And, and I, I suppose that the variety of mediums that you use also speaks to that. How do we go to see this virtual exhibition and where do yes. we find out more about you and what you're up to and your work as well? Cool, cool, cool. So for the virtual exhibition, Can't Stop Our Flow, the best way for people to access that, if you just type that into Google, it comes up on the first page. But also on my Instagram and on my Facebook pages, there are links that will take you directly to the show. So my Instagram is... Garfield of London and you type in Garfield of London it will come up and in my bio there's a link and um, my Facebook which is a little bit more tricky to get is Gar free to be you number two and that's G-A-H and then the word free to be you or one word and then the number two and that takes you to that but on the website is the most direct way and it's theartofgar.com Gar spelt G-A-H, the art of Gar. And if you type that in again in Google, it comes straight in and uh, everything is there. And you can see works that I've done before. There was a project I did called The 17th Day during 2018, one on every 17th of the month, I put forward a new artwork that I had created. It was a really beautiful experience that every month I knew I had to create something. And it was a, a challenge. It was a journey. But I love what I was able to do. Mm. And uh, so that whole series, there's a little video on the artofgar.com that shows you all of those works and what that was about. And then you can see other things that have influenced me. And also it talks of my story mm. on how I've got to be doing what I've done. Um, yeah. So that's where that is. And those are the only socials that I have. 
And I believe in your Instagram, your picture is the art of glass symbol, isn't it? So, so the picture, yes. So that and will, on the Facebook. So that will make sense to you listening at home when you go and look at Garfield of London. You'll be able to see what we're talking about and definitely go and see the exhibition Can't Stop Our Flow. Hopefully it's going to be physical, but for now it is online and it is a really, it's a treat just to look around it and be impressed at not only the incredible artwork, but also how far technology's come. <laughs> Definitely. And I hope that it inspires some people to put on their own show because the the, the platform is open to anybody. You set up your account and you can organize a group show or organize your solo show and put it on there. I'm not saying that it's the way forward and how all shows are going to be. But in these challenging times, it's just another possibility. It's another avenue that allows us to be able to show and share our work, whoever we are as artists. Garfield of London, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Ella. So there you go. I told you it was a great interview and Garfield is so fascinating and I love his use of the symbol of God and the really honourable motives behind that symbol as well. Garfield was also such a pleasure to speak to because of how genuinely he loves what he does and he's so passionate about it. He's clearly very talented and I could have spoken to him for absolutely hours and definitely go to the virtual exhibition Can't Stop Our Flow. It is online until the 7th of November hopefully it's going to be a physical exhibition fingers crossed and of course visit Garfield of London on Instagram to keep up to date with what Garfield is doing that is all we've got time for unfortunately this week but thank you so much for listening to Art Then and Now with me Anna Gammons have a lovely rest of your week and weekend remember to wash your hands wear your masks and look after each other and I will see you next week